On today's episode, we discuss what we learned re-ranking players for the rest of the season, including fire sale the Dallas Cowboys, stop disrespecting James Robinson, stop doing it. And also apparently DK has a fear of doing math in public. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlbeck. Deke, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm great because we unearthed the video, the commercial that Craig was in, <laughs> and we put it out there, and now the whole we world didn't can see. do it. Someone who was listening did it. And yes, cheers, thank and you to the listener. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. What? I didn't. Did somebody tweet it? Yeah. Yeah, we added you. Go to, we're on Twitter, Danny Hi- underscore Heifetz. I mean, good luck spelling it. Just look at the spelling in the description. Or at Danny B. Kelly, which is probably easier. And we tweeted it out. It's amazing. It's honestly, it's great. And I actually have a proposal. Oh my God, I, I see Someone <laughs> says to you, oh yeah, you're just, you're just seeing this. Oh my God. You look oh, so yikes. young. Well, we already went through the story, but I just want to say that from now on, I want Whenever something goes wrong, I want the sound drop of the maybe football's not your sport. <laughs> we need that as a sound drop on this show. That's all I'm going to say there. See, if I wasn't the producer, somebody would definitely do that to me and I couldn't control it. But you're not alas. putting it in yourself. Probably, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll just get the people to demand it enough until you have to. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. You got to do one of those things that says, like, if I get 50 retweets, then Craig has to do it. Maybe I'll do <laughs> If that. I get three retweets, if you Venmo me $500, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. We have a fun show today. I'm excited about this. Uh, we So we have a cool thing we did with FanDuel. It's a special show. FanDuel contacted us because they have a new thing that they're unveiling. It's, it's best ball drafts, which if you don't know, best ball is basically, it's like a fantasy season where you don't have to manage the team. It's like you draft, you do a draft, and then your lineup sets each week after the game's end, and you automatically get your highest scoring lineup. Yeah, you are rewarded for the guys you draft, not the guys you start. Yeah, so you don't have to do ads or drops. You draft a deep bench. You don't have to start sit, and you don't have to do trades. You get to compete with people and root for players, but you don't have to like actually go through the things of setting your lineup and yeah, stuff. Yeah, just set it and forget it. Usually you do that before the season, right? And then the season starts and your team sucks or is good or not, and you go on with your life. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And also there's basketball and hockey start midway through the year. Not this year. They're actually doing something for the second half of the season. You can draft a whole best ball league for the second half of the season, so it's week nine through week 16. That's November 5th is the last day to do it. But it's pretty fun because you can get your friends together. All you need to do is like an hour. You can get 10 friends together. You do another draft. And that way, I mean, if you had Christian McCaffrey or Saquon or Michael Thomas, or you had Derrick Henry for like the, the 17 million days the Titans weren't playing football, whatever happened to your season, you can do it. And if you're dominating and you want a new way to dominate your friends, it's fun because you can just get a whole group of people together without being like, oh, I have to check this team or whatever. Just you do it once and you're done. So that's really fun. And so we did one of these drafts. Yeah, us <laughs> and some ringer staffers. Shout out to everyone who was with that. Thank you to, I mean, we did it. So Kevin Clark, Roger, Nora, Katie Bakes, Jomi, Kyle, Pat. Kyle drafted like three running backs. It was hilarious. And Tom Brady, very on brand. It was really fun. So. We like this for a couple of reasons. One, the Bears-Rams game is super boring. So it was nice to actually be able to do something <laughs> with my eyes. It was actually a good distraction. Yeah, yeah, we drafted during this boring-ass third quarter. The point is, we did this draft, and it was pretty fun. So we're just going to... I mean, we can just go through quickly how it went. I know people probably don't really care that much about our draft. But the more important point is that we're going to go through... It was basically an excuse to re-rank everything for us. It was really fun because we don't... Yeah, re-ranking in the second half, rest of season... Of every position, yeah. 
And I mean, look, even if you're not going to end up doing a best ball draft, which we recommend, it's just so interesting to be like, all right, how are the next nine weeks of fantasy football going to go? And honestly, it's kind of, it's not always easy to find the time to be like, oh, what do we think about Josh Jacobs for the rest of the year? And when you do that for everyone. So we had some interesting insights into that. But first, just from the draft last night, I'm just curious, is there a player you guys were really happy to get? And then I'm also, is there a player you were really pissed when someone else took them? I'll tell you who I was pissed uh, when Craig took is Chase Edmonds. Yeah, oh, I was, I was too. Say, that was mine. I was about to pick him. Is I don't even remember what round it was. It was it was relatively late. Like he fell further than I thought it than I thought he would. And I was like, ooh, this is gonna be such a steal because we both we all three believe that he's gonna yeah. be a big second half of the season. And then freaking Craig over here snipes him, swooped in. By the way, being in draft with you two guys is Sucks. annoying as hell. Because we we know all of each other's takes. I know. I was mad because Dallas <laughs> There's Goddard. No such who, thing as like sneaking a guy onto your roster. No, you took Dallas Goddard, which was annoying because I wanted him as my third tight end, and yeah. I was so mad. And I also so anyway that that was my, I was annoyed at that one. Another annoying thing is I feel like you uh, the three of us are all so attuned to the idea of drafting a quarterback late, but some of the other people in the draft were not. So I was kind of just like I'm not drafting a quarterback until like the ninth pick, and I'm sure I could still get somebody good. I could still get, like, Matt Ryan or whoever, and, like, all the quarterbacks went in, like, round three, and then I kind of had no one, and I ended up with Matt Stafford and Baker Mayfield. Ooh, that's tough. I was doing that dance. I ended up with Matt Ryan, which I was very happy about, but I looked at the board, and I realized if I wasn't getting Matt Ryan, I was going to get, like, Kirk Cousins. Matt Stafford or Baker Mayfield? exactly. Okay. With that in mind, do you want to get into our re-ranks of the quarterbacks? Yeah, let's get into the re-ranks, but Again, the the best ball thing, it's really fun. Highly recommend it. The deadline's November 5th, so be sure to play. It's called Partial Season Best Ball Contest on FanDuel. Best ball, it's the simplest way to play season-long fantasy football. Join The deadline's November 5th, so it's before week nine. So that's when you want to do your draft. It only took, it, it's less than an hour. It's pretty easy. 30 seconds per pick, 20, what is it, 20 spots. And you can play for as little as a dollar. So it's, it, you know, don't have to break the bank. And if you are new to FanDuel, you can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And then if you sign up today and use the promo code RINGERFANTASY so they know that we sent you. We're going to give updates on that throughout the season. We'll see how it's going. All right. So, yeah. So now, you know, so we basically had a little spreadsheet. We got all the running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and we all voted. So we each did our own personal rankings and then kind of combined them to make the kind of the collective rankings of the top 12 of each position. Let's start it off with quarterback, which... Is a pretty interesting. It's this is so fun, and it's something I never do. Is is kind of rehashing how we feel if you had to redraft in the middle of the season. So it's interesting yeah. to see where some of these guys ended up. I was shot. So there's one that stands out to me. Well, we can just run through the list first, and we averaged our rankings here. So we went with Russ is number one, Mahomes is two, Kyler Murray's three, Josh Allen is four, Lamar Jackson's five, Deshaun Watson six, Aaron Rodgers is seven, Tom Brady's eight. Or sorry, I already did I already miscount? Aaron Rodgers is eight. Tom Brady, nine. Tom Brady's nine. Justin Herbert is 10. Tan Hill's 11. And Matt Ryan's 12. All right. Glad I can't count. That's like a theme so far. So which one stands out to you here, Heifetz? I remember being flabbergasted that I could not figure out if Lamar, like as I was making my rankings, that Lamar Jackson's top five quarterback, which is unthinkable when we were entering the season. We knew regression was coming for him, but I actually am still not convinced. Like I, I put him there at five and I remember thinking if you had a strong argument for Deshaun, really Justin Herbert, even Tannehill. I remember feeling like I was a windsock. You could just blow me aside. And I'll be like, yeah, sure. He's six. Like, is he a top five quarterback to you guys right now? I hemmed and hawed on this one too. Right now, he is the QB 11 in points per game. So yeah, he's, he's scored 21.3 points per game. That's the 11th best. And That's we put crazy. him at fifth for the rest of the season. And I think the reason I did that is because I do think they're going to get their passing game going a little bit more than they have in in the, in the first half of the season. And I think that he's going to run a little bit more, but I went, I went back and kind of like compared his season last year when he was the, you know, runaway QB one and this year. And there's a few things that are kind of going, you know, going on with him. Number one, last year in his MVP season, he averaged 208 yards per game passing. He had a 9% touchdown rate and that translated to, 36 touchdowns on the season total, which was the NFL high. This year, it's not like a huge difference, 189 yards per game. So it's not like enough to... 16? Really I don't know, I can't do Huge, math. huge difference. And 17, yeah. But the big difference, and this is exactly what we talked about all offseason. It's 19. 
But, uh, you know, we'll do math. We'll do flashcards later. Oh I mean, in my yeah. opinion, it's 16. Sure. <laughs> sure. We're all, we're all entitled to our own truth. That's yeah, true. Craig, I have like this public fear of trying to do math in public. <laughs> this is <laughs> my nightmare. Are you serious? Like, no, I'm not kidding. Like, try, like people trying to tell me like, you know, quickly do like a really easy, like, like you said, like <laughs> multiplication table. So or, you like, weren't on table. the, um, so you weren't on the mathletes in high school. No, I hate that shit. It's Wait, to clarify, in so like let's say hypothetically you were asked to subtract like 220 by 37 on a podcast that was being recorded. You're way afraid simpler. of that. Way way simpler. Just like what we exactly what we did. What's 208 minus 189? I'd be like, "Oh god, I freeze up. I freeze up, Craig." So anyways, I didn't know nightmare. that, but it explains like the last three years. I hate doing math. <laughs> I hate doing math. I was like, yeah, we don't have to get too much into it, but it's not my favorite. But we already um, did. Anyway, Lamar Jackson. Regardless, the big, the big change, and, and this is like by far the biggest, is his touchdown rate has dropped substantially. Nine, 9% last year. It's now 6.2% this season. He's on pace for 26 touchdowns. And then the other thing is his rushing is down too, which... I think we all kind of assumed would happen. They're going to protect their quarterback. He's also been banged up a little bit. Here's my question. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons the Ravens is not are not as good. And I mean, look, Marshall Yonda retired from the offensive line. But yeah, really, that's going to make me, a big. The big thing part it comes it, down yeah. to is the Ravens last year ran for more yards than any team in NFL history. So the total number was higher, but the yards per attempt was also the highest in NFL history. I mean, depends when you start history which is the whole yeah. thing. But at least since the merge, really since 1960, highest yards per attempt ever and most yards. So they, I mean, it's crazy to be leading the league in efficiency and volume. So we're just basically saying they were going to get worse because they can't be the best ever twice in a row. It was by how much. And they're still really good at these things. They're just not doing it the same way. The flip side to what I'm saying right now, though, is the Ravens use their buys really well. They're a great bi-week team under John Harbaugh. They basically benched Joe Flacco and went from the run the least run heavy team in the NFL to the most run heavy team in the NFL in 2018 when they flip, went from Flacco to Lamar. They did that over their bye week. They changed they completely changed their offense conceptually in two weeks. Do you have any So hope? you're saying they bench Lamar after the bye week? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Griffin. Or this trade for Flacco from the Jets? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably available. Yeah. We have to go back. No, I'm, I'm wondering if, if you think that they can get their passing game and like Lamar, Marquise Brown are guys you'd want to be targeting in trades. Or just sorry that you drafted Lamar in the third round. It's not going well. To circle around and like finish up this thought and finish up this discussion is I think all of us are higher on Lamar in the second half of the year than what he was, than, than what we saw in the first half of the year. We're, we're all bullish on him based on these rankings. So yeah, we're banking on what you just said, Hive. It's like, I mean, we're banking on the fact that the Ravens are so well coached that they will turn this around. That's why we have Lamar at fifth, even though he's 11th. But I think out of all things, this is a win for what all the fantasy analysts talk about in the preseason, which is regression. Like, this is just the ultimate win for regression. And I'm sure people will pound what happened to Lamar Jackson next season when they mm -hmm. talk about Russell Wilson or whoever it may be. This yep. is exactly what they've been talking about, and it actually paid off in the most perfect of ways. The other quarterback I wanted to mention here was Tom Brady, who I didn't know what to do with him because Tom Brady, we've got him ninth for the rest of the season. Honestly, I'm probably too high on him. I probably messed that up, but I don't know. He's 10th right now. He's 10th halfway through the year in, in points per game. The more I think about this, honestly, the more I think I ranked him too high because Brady, in my opinion, I mean, this is really a discussion of the whole Buccaneers offense. I would trade away Tom Brady if you could right now because I feel like Tom Brady's value is never going to be higher because right. he just came off four touchdowns, 369 yards. Nice. And he also ran for a touchdown. So he had a five-touchdown game. And then you throw in this Antonio Brown stuff. It, it just seems like everyone thinks the Buccaneers are going to be a super team. I was blown away in Peter King's column this week. He said that he thought the Bucs had looked like this, the 2007 Patriots, which is... I mean, just an amazing thing to say, but I, I mean, I don't agree, but I do think that a lot of people are just insanely hype on the Patriots, right? On the Buccaneers right now, especially with the Patriots losing. Everyone's like, oh, Brady never lost a step. But if you think about it, I still think this is a quarterback who doesn't run. Yeah, he gets rushing yards, rushing touchdowns sometimes, but he doesn't run. And I just don't think they're going to have to pass that much because I thought this game was kind of an anomaly with the Raiders where their defense is great. And I just feel like the Bucs are going to be running in the second half more often than not. How do you feel about the idea that his arm is going to like go down or, or whatever the word is, like get worse as the year goes on and it gets colder and all that stuff? I don't um, know. It's balmy down there in Florida, though. That's true. That's true. 
It might help him, you know? He checks into a nice retirement facility. He's driving around <laughs> those little golf carts everywhere, saving his legs. You yeah. think Brady's got a golf cart? Absolutely. He's probably got it decked out, like fresh custom tires on it. Probably says 12 on the top. Did you watch him blow that match with Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning? I did. I don't think he's mentally tough. So first off, Danny, you're saying to trade Brady high. I think if you can, yeah. If there's someone in your league who wants Brady, I would do he's it. He's basically playing as good as anybody predicted he would. And we're just like, once again, if regression comes back up, like we didn't think he was going to do this. And he's been on quite a tear the last five weeks. So we're just betting that it's going to go away a little bit. Okay, so one other quarterback that I do want to talk about who has been gaining a ton of steam and a ton of hype over the last few weeks is Justin Herbert of the Chargers, who, based on, you know, per-game stats, is is like the third best quarterback yep. in the NFL right now per game. You know, he's he's been way outplaying expectations. And to boot, he's also running the ball. Like, he, he's adding that... Yeah. that you know, rushing equity that's so, so important in, in this fantasy in fantasy game right now. So where do you put Herbert? And are we too low on him? Because right now we have him ranked as the ninth QB for the rest of the season. And, and I'm looking right. at that right now and I'm like, that feels low. Like I'm, I'm really bullish on him right now. And for the record, we said ninth for Brady. We meant eighth. So we have Herbert right after Brady. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I ranked Brady ahead of Herbert and I don't know what the hell I was doing. Herbert's better. Cause like yeah, let's play the name game real quick. If it's like you'd rather have you'd rather have Herbert than Brady, right? Yeah. And then what about Rogers versus Herbert the rest of the season? <laughs> this is like a trap. I think I'd lean Rogers just a tad. It's so wary because here's the thing. I think that Aaron Rodgers had his best and worst, not statistical, but eyeball like best and worst games back to back last the last two weeks because the Bucks yeah. game was yeah. probably the worst game he'll have all year. And then the Texans game was like a classic. What, what's their great cornerback? Bradley Roby. He got hurt what felt like five minutes into that game. I think he had like, yeah, like one snap or something. And the Texans just don't have great cornerback depth. And Rodgers is his absolute best when there's thin cornerbacks on the, not literally thin, when they're thin at the position. And I, the second Roby went off, went, went off the field, I was like, Rodgers going to go off. So I would take Herbert again uh, over Rodgers because I don't think last week is indicative of what that's going to be. And if you look at the Packers and the Chargers schedules, dude, Herbert's schedule is not that bad. Like, yeah, it's. It, I was looking at that earlier. It's actually pretty easy. Herbert has weaponized how the Chargers every game is close, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's like Philip Rivers was just kind of sad, and Herbert's genuinely exciting. Like he's just always chucking it, and so he just I don't know. He's racked up so many pass attempts in the final ten minutes of each of these games. It's kind of amazing. So he's got on the schedule right now at Denver versus Las Vegas at Miami versus the Jets at Buffalo, whose defense, I still look at Buffalo and I'm like, oh, that's a good defense, but their defense right. has been bad this year. But the only thing it'll be, it's at Buffalo. It's it's like November 29th. Maybe it'll be like freezing. Yeah. Uh, then they got the Patriots, Falcons, Raiders again, and then Denver. So uh, Denver is like the best defense on that list. It feels like maybe New England. I mean, New England's defense, speaking of looking at the thing and thinking they're good, New England's defense is terrible. Yeah. We're just baking in that that Herbert's a rookie, I think, is what we're doing. Yeah. It's just hard because he's a rookie. He's played seven games. Or what is it? Six because Tyrod Taylor was playing. I'm a little bit dubious that he's not going to throw four touchdowns a game. It's too. I mean, it's too good to be true, I guess. The rushing gives the floor. The fact that he's run so much and so easily, I think, gives him a floor that most rookie quarterbacks don't. Have. Or actually, at this point, honestly, all the the, every, the the sneaky part about the NFL is like 10 years ago, there were like six quarterbacks who could run pretty well. And now like the large majority of quarterbacks can pick up like a third and 10 if they really need to. I still think we're kind of underrated. Like, I still think he's not a big enough story this year. And I think it's because of this massive passing boom and that Russ is going to break every record and that nobody wants him to be better than Joe Burrow, but like he probably is. I mean, if somebody would have said by week seven, Justin Herbert is the third best fantasy quarterback in the league. I mean, we'd be like, I don't even think he was going to start. Is it because he's on the West Coast? You remember when my preseason, <laughs> my preseason bold take was that Burrow was going to be a top six quarterback? Yeah. Absolutely should have just gone with Herbert instead. Not only would you have gotten into the salty spittoon, you would have like owned it. Yeah, I know. That would have been, damn it. I will say, Craig's, the most right Craig has been on this show is that if Burrow were doing what Herbert were doing, we'd be losing our minds. We'd be freaking the hell out. We'd be like, he's the next Andrew Luck. He's going to be one of the greats. All right. Well, speaking of freaking out though, running backs. Well, specifically, I'm just thinking about Ezekiel Elliott and I want to talk about him. But first, let's just go through the running backs that we re-ranked. This one's bizarre, by the way. 
So we went Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derek. This is an order. Kamara Cook, Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, Josh Jacobs, James Robinson, James Connor, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott. We went 14 deep there. Yeah. Well, I went it to get to Elliott. And I, I, because when I did a triple take, and look, the dirty secret about rankings is you see what the number is and you're like, does that look right? And then you change right. it. And I looked at, <laughs> just peek behind the curtain there, people. And Ezekiel Elliott at 14, I was like, am I doing something wrong here? Like, like, like I must be incorrect because yeah. has he ever been 14th in anything? The more I went through this, and one important caveat to this discussion is I kind of went through it as like you're drafting the handcuff to these guys too. So McCaffrey, I don't know for sure the next time he's going to play, but if you're drafting him going forward, like you kind of want Mike Davis because it's hard to, you know, but, and if hopefully you have Mike Davis, if you don't have McCaffrey, if you, if you have McCaffrey, but for Zeke ranking him 14th, I was thinking of it this way. Feels too low. Right now, <laughs> right now, at this moment in time, he's the seventh best running back by points per game. Yeah. In fantasy. What is the argument that he will improve upon that? Because I don't know what it is. Because it's, it's not like he didn't score touchdowns. He scored five touchdowns in his first six games. Dak got hurt. Now they have the worst quarterback in the NFL if Ben DiNucci starts. And they have the worst offensive line in the NFL. And they have the worst defense in the NFL. So they're going to be passing. The problem is, even when they were passing the ball and Zeke was getting more receiving work, he still wasn't doing a ton with it. Other than just saying Ben DiNucci will you know, pee his pants and just check down his Zeke every time. I don't know what the argument is for Zeke to improve. It's not volume. He, I don't think, right? DK, he's gotten 12 carries each of the last two games because they're getting fucking killed. And like, is that going right. to change? Here's, here's my problem. Here's my problem. The first six weeks of the season, the Cowboys were third in point, or sorry, five, because I'm counting when Dak got hurt. The first yeah. five weeks of the season, the Cowboys were third in points and first in yards. And Zeke was like the eighth best running back in that time period. So if the argument's volume, they're not going to be third in points anymore. They're not going to be first in yards. They're going to be bottom five, if anything, in those things. How is his volume going to go up? I'm just looking at his stats, or basically his ranking from the last three weeks. So week five, six, and seven. I, I include week five, even though the, uh, Dak got hurt during that game. He is the running back 14 in that stretch in half PBR. Exactly. Wait, is he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> That's the number we have. No way. 14th. Damn, we're good. So we're right. All right, great. <laughs> All right, moving on. That was easy. So I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if that's gonna stay though. But I do think that's like around his range. So shit, maybe maybe that maybe it does make sense. That's what's nuts, and I think that it's one of those things. If you can take advantage of the name value in your league, let's do name game here. If I offered you, I don't want to play with the hurt guys because that's like you know, but who knows? But I mean, would you take Jonathan? If you have Ezekiel Elliott and I offered you Jonathan Taylor, would you take it? Yeah. Man. I don't even think this is close. DK's pausing, though, and DK loves Jonathan Taylor. I do. Yeah, I would. I do love him. Would you do James Robinson for Zeke Elliott? Yes. Yeah. Would you do James Conner? Yes. yes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Well, we don't know how the Le'Veon thing's going to go, but with that, with the not I think knowing. I would still. I think I would, too, although that's I'm dubious about Clyde. <laughs> I don't want to do anything with the injured guys because I think that's no fun. What about Kareem? The Hunt? hottest take one right now, would you do Chase Edmonds for Zeke? Yes. I think I would too. But with the caveat oh that... God. In no, could, I mean, you could make that trade in any league right now. You could. The guy and will here's accept the flip it. side. Is I say that, like, if you... And here's the crazy thing. If you put a gun to my head and you're like, who's going to have a better rest of the season? I'd say Chase Edmonds, which sounds nuts, but he's going to start. And I think when Kenyon Drake come back, he will get more snaps. And also, he's outproduced Zeke anyway. I mean, I think Chase Edmonds had more points on Monday night or Sunday night football than Zeke his season high. But what about the rest of the offense though? Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Dalton Schultz went from the strength of this team. And it's not like they're bad now, but they're useless because you have the worst quarterback and the worst offensive line. Would you also trade away like Cooper and Michael Gallup? I'm not, well, Gallup you cut, but CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. When you yeah. say trade away, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like if I get something I deem better, then absolutely. But I think... The way you have to talk about it, and we can do this as we get into wide receivers, which I believe none of those guys are in our top even 15. I think they're both, personally, I think CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are should be the third wide receiver starting on your team for the rest of the season. I think that's it. The third best receiver. And they won't go any higher than that. I think you're wow. right. Like I, wow. I made, 
I made the mistake. Like I hate, I actually hate that. What I just did where it's like, you say in a vacuum, should you trade this person? The answer is always, 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 what can you get in, re- in return? Yeah. What I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, I th- or not what I'm asking, what I'm saying is if you can get anywhere near the value, like Amari Cooper right now through seven weeks, I think is the seventh best receiver in fantasy football. If you could get anyone who thinks he's a top 15 receiver, I would pull that in a second because I think this Cowboys season is a disaster. And I think that sometimes you have to be wary of panic trades. Sometimes you have to be wary of like, you know, selling your portfolio on Black Monday. And it's like, nope, just ride this out. And sometimes it's like, sell this before people don't realize how bad this is. And I think that's where the Cowboys are are about to be at, which maybe I'm wrong and Dalton comes back and it's fine, but it doesn't look that way. A good way to tell how you value a player is like, so what you just said, right? Amari is seventh and 15th is Justin Jefferson. I think if you offered Amari Cooper right now to somebody who had Justin Jefferson, I think they'd say no. If you went down to the guy who was 20th, Mike Evans. Oh yeah, they might say no. Do you think you would trade Amari Cooper for Mike Evans? I wouldn't. Would you trade Amari Cooper for Chase Claypool? He's 19th. No, 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 no. I think I'm... I think I might. <laughs> but the point is, if you have to even think about it, would you really? That's amazing. I mean, it just depends. It depends on, it depends on your team. But yeah. We disagree on Claypool. But the larger point we're making here, though, isn't like <laughs> trade Amari Cooper for this receiver. It's if you can get that receiver and another person, you probably want to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things where... Early in the season, you wanted every single piece of the Dallas offense that you could get. And now yeah. you just need to like, just get out. Get out, man. Liquidate liquidate your, your yeah. stocks. <laughs> Take the loss. Wait, I want to get back to, to the rest of the running backs here. I, I basically just want you guys, I, I want to go down this list again of our top 12. And I basically just want to stop at the first place where it feels weird. So like first is, <laughs> the first one is like Kamara. We're good with that. Dalvin Cook. Easily. Good. Easily. Derrick Henry third. Like, even if they're by one spot, like, I don't mean stop when they're, like, a spot off. But, like, Aaron Jones, fourth, probably right. McCaffrey, five, makes but sense. McCaffrey, stop. You think? Yeah, because it's it's he has a high ankle sprain. Uh, Matt Rule says he's going to keep playing Matt, Matt, Mike Davis. But basically, it's just, I don't, when was the last time a guy returned from a high ankle sprain and looked awesome? Was it, like, yeah. Adrian Peterson, like, eight years ago? And, like, that's just yeah. something to keep in mind for Michael Thomas and uh, McCaffrey, and who else suffered in high school? Jeff Wilson, not that he's the same category. Well, Heifetz, you ranked him fourth, so what's up? So I, I rem- so I ranked him fourth because I remember thinking the Panthers running back spot is four. Or really, it's maybe right, that's too right. low. But basically, I was building in the uncertainty of the Panthers run. If you could just have Panthers running back and all the points, it's probably number one, if not Kamara. But the he's uncertainty of like, volume. you might play McCaffrey... Yeah, it's like you don't know the breakdown. You don't know how healthy he is, and you might get hurt mid-game. And so I was thinking, I'm trying to hedge between where McCaffrey's at and where Mike, da- how good Mike Davis has been. But the reality is there's friction there. Like, anytime you have to rank an injured player, you're trying to hedge between fully healthy and fully hurt. And so the, the number you're at is actually never the number, right? So that's the problem there. But I don't know what to do with McCaffrey. They should absolutely sit him for this Thursday game against the Falcons and wait 10 more days. I think they will. I, mean, I would be shocked, on. actually, if he played. I They're would be playing shocked. the Chiefs the week after. Like, don't yeah. you really want to make sure he's good to go for that? I think I would be surprised if if he he. I think he'll be back for the Chiefs. But let's not. I mean, when anyway. McCaffrey played two games this year, he scored twenty seven and twenty two, and he had four touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's keep going. Cream Hunt at six. I don't think we have any problems with that. I think it gets weird with Josh Jacobs at seven, Robinson at, at at eight, and Connor at nine, and Clyde at ten. I think that. I mean, I think there's kind of a teardrop there after Absolutely. Kareem. I think those yeah. are four. And then the next guy is Jonathan Taylor, and I think that three of those key people are very similar to me. Jacobs, Robinson, and Taylor are guys who are getting a lot of a lot of snaps and a lot of touches on occasionally mediocre offenses that can show signs of life. Jacobs, it's more like a cool passing offense that can't really run the ball. Uh, but you're banking on the volume. Connor's like a finicky injured running back on an offense that's moving the ball pretty well. And Edward Zolaire is like an elite guy that we just don't know what his volume will be at all. I almost think I would rather have Clyde because if people are afraid of Le'Veon. Yeah, I'm afraid of all of those guys. The biggest thing that stood out to me in your guys' rankings is how low you both had Joe Mixon. That's just the foot thing. That's just, I don't know. And so it's just an injury bet. Yeah, it's just who knows what's going on. I don't know. Don't hurt your like. He's a running back. I don't know what's going on with his foot. Foot feet are important. Also, he hasn't been that. He hasn't been very impressive, to be honest. Mixon. I mean, he's yeah. the RB fourteen in points per game. He had the three touchdown game kind of like Josh Jacobs. The three touchdown game kind of papers over 
the rest Mixon of the season. Mixon is day-to-day, by the way. He's not like super-duper hurt. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm betting... I guess I'm betting on him because I he gets such a he gets such a load of carries and, and he he's catching a lot more passes this year. And if the Bengals continue to improve and Mixon has his classic second half resurgence. Classic second half resurgence. That's a Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, he has his Derrick Henry, but he does do that. But like you guys really like would have Josh Jacobs over Mixon going forward? I want the guy who's not hurt. I think one top three most, and maybe this should be an episode in our preseason next year. Top three most frustrating parts of fantasy is having a running back on your team who doesn't do shit when the team's getting killed. And Josh Jacobs <laughs> is on the Raiders who aren't the best team, yeah. especially historically. Yeah. And like these games where it's like 30 to 10 and he's just nowhere to be found and you just yeah. are trying to bank on some pass interference call that takes them to the one and then he punches it in. But other than yeah. that, like you're just screwed. You're like, oh great. The Raiders are playing the Chiefs this week. The Raiders cornerbacks are not very good. The ones who've been playing well are hurt. I like Mixon because he can at least, he's a little bit game script immune. That's yeah. fair. I think that's uh, that's probably the best argument you can make in this. And, and it's very convincing because Jacobs has been really game script dependent and streaky, right? Like he had three touchdowns in the first game and then he basically hasn't done anything. And then he had two touchdowns, I think, two weeks ago. How? What, what's the argument that James Robinson, why isn't James Robinson higher? Because he's an undrafted, yeah. Because we're terrified of being because wrong. Because we're all anchoring to the idea that he's not good. Yeah. Anchoring, a precisely. I think that undrafted free agent is just a phrase that like you're never actually able to like get over. He's the he has the third most fantasy points among running backs. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, I, honestly, maybe it's just like I'm like, am I going to put him ahead of Christian McCaffrey? Like, no, I don't want to get fired. I don't know. Maybe that's what was going on in my subconscious. I don't <laughs> Can you imagine Bill calls you and he's like, listen, man. <laughs> this take this are take. you fucking kidding me you put James Robinson we're gonna have to let you go <laughs> <laughs> Robinson should probably be ahead of Jacobs he could I think you could argue he could be ahead of Hunt because at some point Chubb is coming back if we're rethinking as as we talk through these rankings and, we, and we're thinking deeper on them and rethinking our original takes I feel like Robinson needs to be higher on this okay so he's the guy that we're just completely wrong about and don't even want to admit it even in the moment Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, receiver. We went, so we ranked these. These are in order. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin, and this is for the rest of the season. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen. And then we have more after that, but I'll stop there. The (laughs) interesting one, I think, Robert Woods, our guy, Bobby Trees himself, Mr., Mr. Rob Forrest, we have 18th and I think he's had a weird season for all of us. I think each of us have him on some of our teams. And I think a lot of people listening probably do too. And he's been fine. Mm-hmm. 
He hasn't been a, he hasn't been like a disaster by any means. He's the wide receiver eighteen right now. We got emails yeah. about bad beats. I lost last night because of Robert Woods on a bad beat. I actually I was too. up and he fumbled and he, and I, I went down and I lost. But more importantly, basically we loved him for basically two simple reasons. He only scored two touchdowns last year, which was almost certain to go up. And Brandon Cooks was gone, so he was almost certain to get more targets, more receiving work. It just seemed like really obvious. The touchdown regression is happening. He already has three touchdowns. So he already has more than he had all of last year, <laughs> you know, but he doesn't yeah. have a multi-touchdown game or anything. But he has less receiving yards, like a lot less, like 25 yards per game fewer. So, DK, what the fuck's going on with Robert Tr- with Bobby Trees? Let me just say one thing quickly here. Yeah, where's your Cinderella? He's late to the ball. Before the Bears game, he was the wide receiver 14. I mean, he he had a tough game against a really good defense, and he was a border. Before that, he was a borderline wide receiver one. I just wanted to throw it out there. It was also a blowout where they like ran the ball like hell in the second half, and like I'm just mad because he lost me my thing, man. So I know, but if we did this pod last week, I don't know if we'd be like having this conversation about Robert Woods. But I don't. Yeah, you're. I think that's a great point, and recency bias is definitely playing a part in us even talking about this, but. I don't know. He to me, he has been a little bit disappointing. The bigger picture, the bigger discussion, I think, is, is just an interesting one. In, in that the Rams' offense hasn't been exactly what I think we all expected it to be. Cooper Cup has not been great. Higby has completely fallen back into like yeah you know, obscurity, irrelevance. Not, he, he, yeah, relevance essentially. And honestly, they haven't. They've they've figured out their offense. They're a good offense. They're a better offense than they were last year, but they're running the ball a lot. And that really hurts, obviously, the the you know the guys involved in the passing game. I haven't looked at it in the last couple of weeks, but I believe they're one of the most run-heavy teams on early downs. They just want to establish the run, and that's who they want to be. And it hurts. It hurts your fantasy. You know, Obviously, it's good for Daryl Henderson, but... I don't know the early down stuff off the top of my head, but I saw this from Cameron De Silva. In the first six games of last season, Goff had 246 passes. So he aver- Goff was averaging 41 passes per game. And Jeez. then the first six games of this season, he's averaging 31 per game. Yeah, that's huge. So one thing I want to point out with Woods is that in the second half of the season, they play the Seahawks twice. They play Arizona twice. They play the Jets. They play the Niners, Miami. So I don't think give up a- hope on Bobby Trey. So trade for Bobby Woods if you made the mistake of not getting him the first go around. Right, yeah. And then so, now looking at the other wide receivers here, you know, the, the top six here, Adams, Hopkins, Ridley, Hill, Jones, Thielen, I guess that Ridley and Thielen are like standouts because they've like done really well, but they were hyped preseason. We were into them. They've panned out. That's good. I think the weirdest thing here is it's just the conundrum of Michael Thomas at 10, the 10 spot for us. Yeah. And what the hell do you do with him going forward? This is crazy. We're almost, this has nothing to do with his skill. I mean, what are we doing? We're ranking this because of like, is he going to play? Like, does he want to get traded? Like, right. So right. I have two alarm bells going off here. One is the high ankle sprain, which I can't really stress enough. Like, And now a hamstring. I mean, and the, hamstring, the worst two things that a receiver could have. Lingering, painful, and it affects. And again, like when you're talking about top performance from athletes, like the margins matter. Like when Mike Evans says he's at 80%, like the 20% is how you become really freaking good. And it matters if 20% off the top comes off of Michael Thomas that you don't really process when you just read the name Michael Thomas. You don't think of, oh, it's, well, it's 80% of Michael Thomas. Number two is that there is discord on this team that is beneath the surface that people aren't really getting at. But my alarm bells went off. Again, Peter King's column this week. Michael, he mentioned that when they suspended him for punching the teammate, he didn't take it well. And he's like, well, I don't think they'd trade him. But, and Peter King writes a couple sentences about maybe trading him which just sounds ridiculous until Peter King was the person who wrote that they might trade DeAndre Hopkins. And I felt the same way, which messed me up because <laughs> when I read Peter King saying they would trade DeAndre Hopkins, I remember thinking, wow, we are in the low part of the news year. And four hours later, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. And so when I read that, my, I was like, what the hell is going on here? He's hurt with two different injuries and there's discord with the team. Not to mention they're not, the offense isn't as good as it was last year when he played so well. So it's not, I mean, look, it's not like it's a bad move, like you're betting on a really good player. I just think that there's just a, I don't know. I just think it's classic, like the name value has exceeded what you're about to get. And it's just so much uncertainty that I don't know if I like. I mean, if you're in a good spot, and you're five and one and you want to take a shot, go for it. But I wouldn't count on him. So one other guy I want to point out, and if we want to do the football, clearly not your sport. It's um, us all <laughs> being way out, <laughs> us being way out on Stefan Diggs. Stefan yeah. Diggs is like, I don't know, one of the seven best receivers playing football right now. 
And we were so out on him with Josh Allen and on the Bills in general. And he's been killing it and he's been great. And uh, we just, just the guy a we were outside. so out on, we barely even discussed how, how out we were. <laughs> right. He was like a Glansberg, but we treated him like it wasn't because he wasn't getting enough attention. We, we thought he didn't deserve it. And he's just been straight up good. So that was just, it's just interesting that he's in our top 12 and he should have been. Josh Allen has been a little bit not as good over the last couple of weeks. Are we still feeling really strong that we are totally wrong on this guy? I mean, obviously we're wrong, but do you think he's going to keep doing what he's going to what he's done this first half of the season or the first whatever seven weeks of the season? I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's hurt personally. He's just hiding it. I think since that shoulder injury when he got tackled weird by that oh I don't remember what game I think it was the Raiders. He's been wearing like a weird like mini robot shoulder thing and uh i don't know i think he looks a little different but interesting Diggs gets tons of targets i think he's going to be pretty pretty similar for the rest of the year i love it i yeah he's probably my biggest miss is there anything else you guys want to do with this list i had an idea we got to keenan allen and that was our 12th guy so of the guys that we did below that we didn't list them off i want you guys to pick one player from our list after 12 that could be the surprise player to end up as a top five receiver in the second half of the year. Hmm. So right now we'll go to, I'll just read off till we get to 21. We have Kenny Galladay, McLaurin, Will Fuller, Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, and Deontay Johnson rounds out our top 21 of those guys who could like, who could be the surprise guy to be a top five receiver in the second half of the year. Hmm. I'll give you mine. What you guys think. I thought I thought hard about this. I'm going with Deontay Johnson as like yeah. the dark horse guy in this list because, and I saw this stat from Scott Barrett today from Fantasy Points. Deontay Johnson, if you exclude the weeks that he missed because of injury, in expected fantasy points per game, he's first. PPR points per game, he's third. Targets per game, first. Red zone targets per game, second. End zone targets per game, first. His underlying usage in that passing game when he's healthy is elite. Um, obviously, it's a huge question mark whether he can stay healthy, but I think he's kind of the sneaky guy in the second half of the year that could be like a league winner for people. That's a great one, and that's one I was looking at as well. Heifetz, well, who's yours? I'm drawn to three names. Well, I'm drawn to two names, which is Terry McLaurin, which I think yeah. I would pick if not just like, I just can't, Kyle Allen having a top five receiver blows my mind, but I, I really want right. to pick Terry McLaurin and I'm such a sucker, man. It's I just want to say Will Fuller, which is so dumb. I know. I but it's no, but I'm not going to say Will Fuller. I'll, I'll I'll pick someone else. I, I the other guy here that I think is intriguing is Keenan Allen, man. Well, he's in the top twelve. Oh, he's he in. Wasn't. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. Then it doesn't count. Then you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say McLaurin. Screw it. I, I don't care about Kyle yeah. Allen. I think McLaurin's gonna have a huge second half. I just think it's all lining up. I think he's just there's so much opportunity there. They need him to be good. He has the breakaway speed. They're leaning on him. He's good enough to get open. Like I just, there's so much there that he's I like, stud. and he's. I just think he's undervalued. Like he hasn't. There, there isn't a guy that I'm targeting as. I find myself targeting as much in trades right now as as Terry McLaurin. I just over and over. I keep doing it. Hayden Winks from Roto World does a column. He does several columns every week that like basically break down the applicable stats that you can use. You know, in deciding who to start and all that. Terry McLaurin in his fantasy usage model. So his it's basically expected fantasy points is another way you could put it. Terry McLaurin is fourth in the NFL. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> over the last four weeks. he's He's got elite usage. The question, like you said, Danny, is Kyle, can Kyle Allen support a top five of course. receiver? Why not? Why couldn't I'm he? I'm dubious. I'm dubious. Because McLaurin is the wide receiver 24 in PPR in the last four weeks. So obviously there's a huge discrepancy there, but I mean, you know, things could change and, and, you know, maybe they're, that's opponent based and other variables and we could, we could see him really break out. So I like that one a lot. My guy is Kenny Galladay. Oh, Ooh, I like that. I think he might be the best receiver in the remaining group. And he's played four games back with, Matt Stafford, and I think this happens a lot in fantasy where you look at the season totals in the rankings and he's not there because he missed a couple weeks. But in the four games he's played, he's had either a touchdown or over 100 yards. I mean, we all had this guy as a top seven receiver going in. And Jones sucks. Like if we right. said Marvin Jones would suck, we'd say Kevin, Kenny Galladay must be doing great. I don't think there's anything wrong with Stafford. I I, I, uh, I would pick Galladay. 
All right, let's go to tight end. Our, our ranking for the rest of the season is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, John U. Smith, Rob Gronkowski, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, and Jared Cook. Dallas Goddard's an IR, which I think says how much we feel about him when he comes back. See, this whole list is like top four, not worth talking about, still yeah. consistent as hell. And, Chalk, then like, and then it's jumbled. And then it gets kind of odd. You know, I guess Hunter Henry and Jared Cook and Noah Fant being in there is all not super crazy, but Hawkinson being fifth and Gronk being on the list and Jonu Smith being <laughs> sixth, I think, are the big ones. It's just yeah. dark throwing, man. I want to point out that, Heifetz, you picked Gronk to be the sixth tight end drafted going forward for the rest of the season. Higher than Danny Kelly. I. He's joining me on the hill. I did that because two things. <laughs> I realized that I got backup. I if you told me Noah Fant was definitely going to play the rest of the season, I would definitely put Fant ahead of Gronk. And maybe I'm an idiot for like not. No, Noah Fant was like hardly walking on the field yesterday. That's the thing. Like I love him, but he's not healthy. And I started to think about it, and two crazy thoughts occurred to me. One, Gronk is like one of the healthier guys on this list, which blew my freaking mind. (laughs) I was like, what what year is this? Well, it's 2020. I'm sorry to remind everyone. But the other one was that I have to say I was wrong. Like watching the the Gronk last couple weeks, I've been like. He just looks good. Like, he just looks... Maybe it's because the Raiders are awful, but DK's doing a shit-eating grin right now. Like He still trundles around. He trundles, but, like, like he's trundled and they <laughs> won a Super Bowl. Like, trundling Gronk is merely great instead of the best tight end of all time. Like, the best tight end of all time can trundle and be good. I thought he'd be a shell of himself. He's not a shell. He's not himself, but he's somewhere in between a shell and himself. And that is enough to me to be sixth. Gronk is one of those guys that's, like, he doesn't look like he's moving, but he covers ground because he's so huge. He, the, the man falls forward for 60 minutes. They signed Antonio <laughs> Brown because the receivers are all hurt. Like, to be clear, Evans is hurt. Godwin is out with a finger injury. Like, he just keeps adding injuries. Scotty Miller's hurt. None of these guys are 100%. The Antonio Brown thing, I, I got news to you guys. He might not play. Like, not exactly the most reliable man. Gronk is just going to be like a top two option, like a decent amount of weeks for this team, which kept floating me up. Never mind. Like, he's cl- I love how the tables have turned and we're high on Gronk again. I went through this whole process in my mind before and I knew you would just shit talk. Remember, remember when the Buccaneers came out and were basically like, dude, we didn't sign Gronk to catch passes. He's the ble- he's basically a, a tackle. Is li- like, we need to just stop listening to what he says. He's a habitual liar. We just he's need to start doing lied. the opposite of what he says. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So one other uh, tight end I really want to talk about is Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith we have yeah. ranked at, what spot here, sixth? I wanted to point out something crazy about Johnny Smith. So Johnny Smith in the last two weeks has put up 1.8 points and 1.4 points. Oh, no. Remember when I said that I would rather have Ertz? I mean, before Ertz got hurt, Ertz than Johnny Smith the rest of the way. You guys laughed at me. And Ertz got hurt, so it's moot. But Johnny Smith... For the record, Heifetz, go back. I I believe this happened. We had that discussion on Monday. And then on Monday night, Johnny Smith caught two touchdowns. He got hurt. What's he done since then? He got hurt like two plays into the next game, had one target, and okay, then he fine. didn't have he didn't have a good game last week. Okay, I this is that. my whole point. This is my whole point. So in the last two weeks, he's had two receptions. Also, the Titans have had a bye. Jonu Smith is the overall tight end four in points. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's bleak in the tight end world right now, you guys. Well, no, it's not. It's bleak in a different way because it used to be like there were no good ones, and now it's like they're all kind of good, but. The, the difference between hurt and who's getting the, like there's so much more scoring now. I feel like tight end scoring is also up, and it's just I, it just it it is as darty and streamy as it, I can ever remember it. I feel like it's the most TD dependent tight ends have ever been. I don't I don't see a lot of like 87 yard performances from these guys. It's just like oh Hawkinson got two bullshit two yard dump offs. No, but Hawkinson at least to me is clearly the second option after Kenny Galladay. No, he is. But I mean, I, I think Jonu Smith is the second option after. Right, Dika, you were right. I forgot he got hurt. That was me. That was the karma for me yelling about the sheets. And then I immediately <laughs> just like got tripped over myself. I do think it is. It is funny, though, that we're talking about one Johnny Smith who has, like Craig said, two receptions in the last like three weeks. And then Dallas Goddard, who might not even be on the fucking field for <laughs> the next month. I stand. By, no, I stand by it, though, because I was like, if he's back by week nine or ten, I think he straight up could be the number. Like, there's a chance he leads the Eagles in receptions for the final half of the season. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I can't rank him lower, which sounds nuts for a guy that's hurt. But I was like, and again, high ankle sprain, so maybe I'm being a hypocrite. But I was like, I mean, 
there's not other guys in this list where I'm like, yeah, he might just be the number one option on his team for like the rest of the season. So yeah. So yeah. the only thing I worry about is I, I did hear, I believe it was Craig or uh, it was Greg Cosell talking on one of the Fantasy Points podcasts, and he and he mentioned that you know, and Cosell is in, he knows the Eagles, and Adam Kaplan from Fantasy Points is like an insider with the Eagles, and I think what they had heard is it was like an eight week injury. So right now. We are on week five or six. So he's got like a few more weeks probably. Okay. So maybe not. Well, huh, we, look, look at week 11. He could still end up being a huge player for you in the playoffs. Depends how he cut. Yeah, that's he's a playoff stash more than anything. Yeah. Especially if you have an IR spot. Like, I hope you have him in your league. If he's, I mean, if you don't already, I would IR stash. I mean, look, he, he's absolutely an ad and we don't know the situation with his, with his injury. He could come back sooner than that like it's all speculation at this point but just don't don't expect him back this week and, and you know yell at us if he doesn't come back okay bad beat time let's do it it's from tommy hey the ringer fantasy football show Longtime listener and man do i have a bad beat for you from last night's seahawks cardinals game context it's a 14 team league and both our teams have been pretty bad usually a lot of low scoring games we both needed a win and going into the seahawks cardinals game both our teams were going off by the end of the regular by the end of fourth quarter, I was up 161 to 158. I had Christian Kirk left to play, and he had Arizona kicker, St. <laughs> Gonzalez. Our fantasy matchup basically had the same vibe as the actual game. Absolutely fucking nuts. Here is the sequence in overtime. I was up three points going into overtime. The Cardinals start with the ball, drive down the field, and kick that field goal to go up three. Made it. My buddy goes up half a point. I lose. But Arizona called timeout to avoid a delay of game. <laughs> so they need to redo the kick. And I'm back up three. They'll probably still make the field goal, though. Zane Gonzalez misses the field goal. And I won. Now I just need the Seahawks to score anything to end it. But the, Seah the Seahawks get the ball back. DK Metcalf scores in the screen. I won. Message my buddy laughing. And he wants to jump off a building. And then David Moore gets called <laughs> for holding on the play. It comes back. Oh, my God. Russell throws an interception the next play. Arizona gets the ball back. All they need to do is kick a field goal and me. They're in field goal range. Murray goes deep to Kirk in the end zone. I think I won. Hits him in the hands. Ball bounces off his hands. Arizona kicks the field goal. I lose. So I scored 161 oh, points God. and I'm now two and five. Poor Tommy. Yeah. Okay. Is that all we got? Anything else? That's it. We're good. All right. Best ball. Fan duel. Check it out. Deadline's November 5th. It's a fun thing to do with your friends. Do it. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, FanDuel. Thank you. Who else am I forgetting here? Who else can we thank? Zane mm -hmm. Gonzalez, Chris, Christian Kirk, Russell Wilson for throwing a pick. I feel like SNL is like, yeah, the, the, thanks to Coldplay. <laughs> thank you, Lauren Michaels. Thank you, Lauren Michaels for <laughs> SNL. Okay, Let's start at the end of every show. You should go, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> thank you, Lauren. That's the, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Seriously, we'll see you on Friday. 